Man, I didn't know anything when I was 15. Really? I knew everything. Hello! Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Fearless from Taylor's album, Fearless. Oh, is that the album it's from? Yes, it is. Fearless from Fearless, <laughs> <Yes>. huh? <laughs> and today we are discussing another song from Fearless, 15. A lot of Fearless F songs. 15 is the second track on Fearless. Fearless was released on November 11th, 2008, and the re-recorded Taylor's version of Fearless was released on April 9th, 2021. This song was solely written by Taylor. Mm-hmm. 15 has been played live by Taylor 264 times. Damn. She played it on her Fearless tour, of course, in 2009, and as one of the encore songs on her Speak Now tour, including one night at Madison Square Garden where James Taylor came out and played on it with her. Such a cool, that's on YouTube, right? Really cool recording on YouTube. Yeah, Yeah. really cute. She also played it as the special song at multiple performances on Red, 1989, and the Reputation World Tours, as well as at the 2009 Grammys with Miley Cyrus, which is a really fun video as well. Super yeah, cute. Yeah. Pop, I was like, pop stars of the time. Yeah, that was like when Air Miley Buzz. Cyrus was like bigger than Taylor yeah. Swift. Hannah Montana vibes. I can't even remember that time. Like, it was huge. She was I, huge. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. The music video for 15 was released on October 9th, 2009, and this song peaked at 23 on the Billboard Hot 100. This was the 13th hit on the Top 40 Hot 100 from Fearless, setting the record for the most entries from one album. Prior to this, no act had achieved more than seven top 40 hits from one album. And isn't that funny? That it was 13. 13. Yep. Mm, So mm. Taylor. That is so Taylor. It's like she planned it. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Well, today we are very excited to have a guest on this episode. Please welcome Mariette Aborn, a good friend of mine from high school in Vermont. When we started this podcast, she immediately got in touch with me and asked to be on this specific episode. (laughs) And I can't understand why. (laughs) Mariette, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Devin Gab. It's great to be here. A longtime listener, longtime fan, and I'm so excited to talk about 15. Yeah. From from the beginning. I mean, really, like that first episode we released, you were like, wait a minute, you guys are doing a Taylor Swift podcast? <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I, don't think, I don't think I've missed an episode. It's a good uh, Tuesday run tradition for me after work. Oh, oh nice. Love it. Very cool. <laughs> well, Mariette, on each episode that we have a guest, we ask them what their Taylor origin story is <laughs> and when you first became a fan. Well, in comparison to you two, I feel like I'm a very casual Taylor Swift fan, but otherwise I consider myself an enthusiastic one. Although I have never been to a concert. I know, Gab, you've been to many. Um, (laughs) You know, unless you count me singing Taylor Swift in the shower or in the car, then I'm my own Taylor Swift concert, right? Definitely counts. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yes, I'm excited because Fearless was really like the first album that I went all in on. I had the CD, played it on my like teal boombox I had in my bedroom when I was 15 and then I think I kind of like slept on Taylor for a while like knew the top 40 hits and the singles until 1989 big into that album kind of the soundtrack of my sophomore year of college and then again sort of like 
while all of the drama was unfolding, I was really unaware of it. So I've been learning about all of that through your podcast um, oh. until oh. really, yeah, until Folklore and Evermore came out. And then I was like, oh, this is so good. And then went back and your podcast has made me listen to Lover, which I totally skipped because I wasn't really into me when that came out on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't mm-hmm. listen to the rest of the album because of that. So, you know, not the most interesting origin story, but definitely a fan. Uh, you know, one of the great good car trip tunes and all that jazz. So Yeah, for sure. And growing up with Taylor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack of many moments in our lives <laughs> growing up with Taylor. Yes. Mariette, what do you think about the song 15? I love 15 because I'm big into like old country Taylor. And I was reminded of that as I went back to listen to this song in preparation for the podcast and also realized it's a long song. It's like Mm -hmm. five minutes long. And I think in part that's because like the tempo is a lot slower than some of her other, like I think radio hits. Um, So I was really enjoying listening to that. I also, and I'll talk about this later. I know you're going to ask me some other questions, but just love that we have a Taylor's version now, which I think like totally, you know, as we get into how I relate to the song, just like where I am in life now and where Taylor is now really fun to have her singing that song again. What I don't like about this song and I'd never seen is the music video, which I don't think I had ever seen before, Mm, (laughs) but mm -hmm. I watched it just a few minutes before getting on. And there was some, I don't know, I'm sure your listeners have seen this music video because they're hardcore Swifties, but there's a lot of creative green screen action that happens as she's in a high school that's really just a field. And I'm sure you'll tell us more about that later. But I think I just love the country feel to it. I love that, you know, Taylor's playing with all these cliches and then reflecting on these cliches when we've got Taylor's version. Yeah, that's that's what I like. But what do you guys like about the song? The music video is very interesting. We will get to that <laughs> in a little bit. I also, it's very weird. <laughs> I really love this song quite a bit. That intro is just so good. That mandolin intro, and I looked up who the mandolin player is on the Taylor's version. I couldn't find out who it was on the original version, but I think it might be the same guy, because mm. she has a lot of the same cats playing with her on the new... <laughs> I used that term from Peter last in Exile. <laughs> she has a lot of the same bandmates from the original album that she used oh, wow. for the Taylor's version. Mike Meadows is the mandolin player on this track, and that opening lick that he does throughout the entire song is just so catchy and like really like nice and and beautiful and it kind of gives the song like this airy quality throughout the whole thing it's like Mm -hmm. this you know looking back like dreamscape kind of thing he does all of these little bits here and there that you know when she stops singing for a moment he comes in with a little another moment of Mm -hmm. mandolin is just like this really cool ever-present sound that i really really like and I'm a big country fan as well, and I really love Country Taylor a lot. And, you know, that sound is so, like, nostalgic for me. Mm -hmm. And I, because I think of that as, like, original Taylor for me, as country, fearless. You know, I love that uh, they don't bring in the fill until the second part of the first verse. Mm -hmm. So you have the mandolin, and then she comes in and she sings, but it's just her and her guitar, basically. And it just starts the storytelling, and then it doesn't come in until the second part of the verse with the drums and the bass and the full fill. And that's Mm -hmm. like a really cool build into the song. The lyrics of this song are story-driven, and we all know that Taylor is like the master storyteller. And when she has something that she wants to talk about, she can talk about it in the most beautiful ways. And this story is like very matter-of-fact, and it's kind of like 
I mean, actually just telling a story to music. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that the lyric is very poetic. I would say it's just more kind of like speech pattern, Hmm. you know? The harmonies in the chorus are great. I really enjoyed listening to the two versions side by side. Yeah. The major difference I found, and I mean, it's pretty evident, is the maturity of it. Yeah. And the maturity in her voice versus, you know, Taylor's version versus the original. Mm -hmm. And I love at uh, 349 in Taylor's version, I'm not sure if it's the same in the regular version, (laughs) the drums do a little fill. She goes, and when you're 15, it was like this little <laughs> and, and it's it's like a little stop it, that's really fun and obviously you know when she wrote this song she had had some distance from when she was 15 the fearless tour she was 8 19 20 18, 18? Mm-hmm. and so she had a couple of years of distance but that's nothing compared to 17 years of distance yeah. to you know yeah. 18 years of distance where she can adequately say like yeah i had dreams and and they have come true. And what had happened in high school, you don't know who you are. Yeah. Like, I know who I am now. And she has had all of the success. And it's just so cool to be in this time where she's re-recorded this incredible album with all of this new emotion to it. Yeah. And this song especially, like, really was a wonderful thing to listen to the first time through listening to that Taylor's version. Like, so cool. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I think that this song is really like young Taylor songwriting at her best. And, you know, she's sharing her personal experience while also letting all of her fans relate and remember their own experiences of being 15. And the lyrics and how she tells the story, it just takes you on this journey. And it's really cute. And it's really triumphant, especially with the lyric. Back then, I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool, you know, what you were saying about Taylor's version versus the original. You know, she had some perspective and she had gotten huge and was on her first big tour when she's singing that lyric and everyone would like cheer. Mm -hmm. But now all these years later, that means even more. Mm -hmm. Like she really has like realized all of those dreams. And it's like she's so distant from whoever this 15-year-old Taylor was. And then even some of her less known lyrics from the song are super fantastic and like relatable with when all you wanted was to be wanted. Mm -hmm. I think that just sums up like teenage love so well. Like I know definitely for me at that age, like if someone had a crush on me, I would be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like you just like want to be wanted. And sometimes like it could convince you that like, you know, you're like, yeah, that works. (laughs) Yeah. You know. I also love the mandolin on the track. So Um, I didn't know it was a mandolin until Devin told me. (laughs) Um, But I love like all the little flourishes, especially like when she talks about Abigail and she goes, soon enough, you're best friends. And it's like, (laughs) it's so recognizable because this song has been part of our lives for so long now, which is really cool. Like 13 years, 13. Well, for for you. Yeah. For me, it's much more recent. Yeah. But But 13 years. And I like definitely knew this song when it came out was a fan of it and i just also really love the fact that taylor's touring band performs this song on taylor's version and that it's it's them on the recording like it gives this like such a nostalgic vibe and it's also like this different empowering feeling like they all remember playing this Mm -hmm. 12 years ago as Mm -hmm. well and so they're all on this like journey together and i watched some of the old live performances and it was so cute seeing them during the encore at speak now performing it and just thinking about like 
how long they've been on this journey with her. Yeah. It's, it's really, like, emotional almost. The fact that she asked them to come back to record it. Like, she's yeah. worked with so many people at this point. She could have had the pick of the litter. Like, yeah, she anyone. could have recorded with anybody. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, I want my original bandmates to come back and do this yeah, with me. Yeah, it's so cool. So, ugh, she's awesome. Yeah. Like, I think 15 is one of Taylor's most timeless songs. And it only improves with the time and the 15 plus year perspective that Taylor has gained. And like I wrote, she now knows who she's supposed to be. (laughs) And and that makes me emotional. It's like, that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, in in the line, I found time can heal most anything. And you might just find who you're supposed to be but not at 15. Like, yeah, she's done it. She's found it. Like, that is the coolest, coolest thing, you know? And I feel like we've kind of, like, figured out who we are as well. Yeah. You know? And we definitely, I mean, obviously, we all are going to be able to relate to this song in the relate section. Marriott, would you like to go first? Yeah. How do you relate to 15? (laughs) So should I just out myself or? (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. So I dated Devin when I was 15 years old, and I asked to be on this episode because he didn't know this, but I, like, sang the song to myself when he broke up with me. Um, uh, Yeah, so I was, you know, 15, dating a senior who was not on the football team, for those of you who have gotten to know Devin at all, not a football player, more of a theater kid. No, I did not play football. Yeah, he didn't have his own car, but he did have access to his mother's car. So, you know, there are some stretches, <laughs> some stretches from this song. But you know, Devin and I grew up in a small town. So some of those other cliches, you know, really resonated with me as I, you know, was singing in my room to myself. And I, if I could out myself th- further, I'm, I think I'm back to December girl. And so, you know, Devin and I dated his senior year, my freshman year of high school. And then when he went off to college, he rightfully so broke up with me. And, and you know, <laughs> then I didn't get it at all. Now, of course I get it. I think, you know, <laughs> Devin, you said to me something like, you should have a great high school experience and I would keep you from doing that, which like is a super compassionate thing. You're a great friend of mine and it makes sense like that makes all the sense in the world at 15 didn't make any sense at all so i'm like (laughs) press and play on my boom box sad about the fact that my boyfriend broke up with me you know to get to the taylor's version part of it like that's what's so cool is like you know first of all what an incredible thing and like kind of a crazy thing to like talk to the person you dated when you were 15 about your relationship through the lens of a taylor swift song so thank you for the opportunity but i think the line that i like remember like really just like you know, singing to myself then that like I think about now in a really different way is the line, because when you're 15 and someone tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. And I think at the time I was like, I interpreted that line to be like, oh, like he lied to me, like he told me he cared about me, but then he's like breaking up with me. So, you know, he was lying all along that he didn't care for me. And now, and Gab, you've spoken to this a lot, just in like the process of growing up and having different relationships of like realizing like what it actually means to love someone and like what Devin and I have, like now I hear that line and and I hear Taylor singing it to herself and Taylor's version, you know, with this, like she's singing to her 15 year old self to be like, you know, when someone tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. But, you know, neither of you knew what love was. And so like, it's really fun to have that perspective now. And I think the Taylor's version really aids in that. And I think too, one of the reasons why I so related to the song back then was, you know, I was 15 years old. None of my friends were dating. None of my friends were dating seniors. Like I didn't have anyone to like 
talk through this like relationship or breakup with, but like I had Taylor singing about this experience, which somehow like validated this thing that I was going through. You have both talked about this a lot in the podcast before, but just that like Taylor can take a cliche and make it not feel like a cliche. And so, you know, like really leaned on that when I was listening to that song. So, so yeah, I, I, I definitely relate to it as a girl who, you know, had her heart broken at, at 15 and had Taylor to sort of like sing it through with her. Yeah. And Taylor, you know, she's had our back through all these years. For you know? sure. For sure. <laughs> what about you, Dev? Well, I didn't know about Taylor Swift really at all in high school. Mm-hmm. I was a kid that grew up dancing, didn't really have a social life until high school. Mm-hmm. And so when I turned 15, I had no idea what I was doing. I had just gotten rid of my glasses and my braces. <laughs> And I was like, I felt, you know, it was like this butterfly coming out of a cocoon. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm really cool. And, you know, I, I think that I'm growing and like, I know stuff and I didn't know a single thing. Mm-hmm. And it w- it also didn't help that like all of my friends were like senior theater kids and they kind of gave me a skewed idea about like what you know, like life was like a lot of them were stoners, like a lot of them were like super promiscuous. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so like, they kind of gave me all these like, weird pointers that like, looking back, I'm like, I don't know if those were like the right things to tell a 15 year old, but like, whatever. Yeah, but they were only, you know, 17. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I did not know anything and i didn't have this song to relate to at all i just had like my dance and my musical theater and whatever and so i feel like if i had this song or if i was into taylor swift in high school like this song definitely would have resonated with me yet i i feel like it it wasn't written for me i feel like it it's not a song for me i feel Mm -hmm. like it's a song for like all of the young women who are in that position. Mm-hmm. And especially it wasn't for me in in our relationship, Mariette. <laughs> like, th- this was the song for you. It is no surprise to anyone listening to this podcast who has been listening for the long term that I didn't know what on earth I was doing in high school when I came <laughs> to relationships. Like, zero. <laughs> and, you know, luckily, though, like, looking back through the lens that I have now, like, I needed to grow up and, mm-hmm. and I did. And now we have this relationship and we're getting married. Like that's like wild and crazy. And mm-hmm. like, I had to go through all of this like stupid stuff and being 15 and then through college and like figuring myself out before I could even begin to get into a relationship where I actually knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And when you do, when you look back at your high school years, you're like, wow, I thought I knew everything. I did not know a single thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not just about relationships. It's about life. It's about identity. I mean, all my teachers being like, you have to go to school for musical theater. And then I'm like, oh, I'm in school for musical theater. And what did it get me? You know, like, (laughs) like, uh, you know, BFA musical theater. But like now, like, you know, theater is who knows what. Yeah. But anyway, so I digress. The song is wildly relatable. And like any other Taylor Swift song, she is able to write about things from her own perspective to make it completely about the listener. 
Yeah. And the listener can just put themselves into the song and be like, this is me. And it's so cool. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, she just completely nails the experience of being 15. This song did come out, I was actually, I think, 16 or 17 when this song came out. But I still listened to it and I was like, that was my experience. (laughs) So I was 15 when I went on my first date. And my boyfriend at the time was the boy on the football team. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yes. Really like actual boy on the football story. team. Yes, uh, it was. I was like, this is me. He wasn't a senior, though. He was a freshman like me. So he wasn't a cool senior boy, but he was on the football team. And I did his wear his jersey to Ooh. a game. Um, <laughs> that's very suburban New Jersey. I love that, Gab. It is so suburban New Jersey. Like, that's like ultimate. His position was a tight end, which I have no idea what they do. I just remember being like, that's a funny name. And then I also remember like that first date excitement and, you know, what a huge deal my first kiss was, calling all my best friends when it happened and the whole like dancing around the room when the night ends. Like I, that was totally me. And just like the absolute like innocence and like just no clue what you're doing of being 15. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share some photos, I think, um, on the pod this week of like what we looked like at 15. But it was like, I was like total, like, you know, growing up where I did, sports were really big. So I was like a two sport high school athlete, like (laughs) soccer and lacrosse with like, you know, the braided pigtails and like the team shirts and stuff. And, you know, I just wanted to fit in and have friends. And (laughs) I really did not know who I was, like had just really no clue and no clue what I think I would have wanted to. I think I said, that I wanted to be a history teacher maybe hmm. at that point. And I like history and like learning, but that's very far from what Where I actually are. do. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this song just captures all that nostalgia and the perspective of it, like knowing who you became and looking back. Like I can barely remember being that age, mm. but mm-hmm. I just think I was probably just the most awkward person imaginable (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah i mean i always say that if the lockers at bba actually were large enough to be shoved into i would have been shoved into them (laughs) you were close to fitting in them yeah i mean they were they were they were very small i guess i I fit into my high school lockers the ones at bba were like half lockers yeah Yeah, they were really small yeah. We had full length and they were about a good foot taller than me. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Careful. <laughs> I never got shoved in, though, but I, I sometimes <laughs> went in there myself. Like I Just said, to hide away. I was a world. weird kid. <laughs> Just to hide. Oh, my God. As we mentioned earlier, 15 has a music video. Mm-hmm. This song's music <laughs> video was directed by Roman White, who also did the You Belong With Me music video. Mm. About the video, he said, I kind of came up with this idea. Let's take the literal meaning of this song and watch it evolve in front of us, almost as a memory in your head, and create this world so you walk in on this desolate desert and you start to sing about all these great memories you have of everything you love blooming around you. And so we literally grew this garden around her. But also we added these surreal elements that came from the memory. It's kind of this cross between the surreal garden and this memory, and she's at the heart of the memory. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So the video starred Taylor's best friend, Abigail Anderson, who she is still friends with to this day. The entire music video was filmed with a green screen, including all the extras. They were also all filmed on their own green screen and put in. <laughs> and I yeah. think that it's pretty obvious it was filmed on a green screen. Oh, yeah. Um, I think at the time, this was like new, interesting technology for a music video. Like, I think it wasn't used that much. And they thought it was like super artsy and mm. decorative. I got to say, it's, you know, 
an interesting concept, and Taylor looks very cute. She looks but, cute, but where's her backpack? Totally unrealistic. Yeah, right? High school. Absolutely. No backpack. A, a guitar instead. Well, it's, like. it's very silly. Like, the whole thing is, like, cutesy and kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of, I think, takes away from how good this song actually mm-hmm. is. For mm-hmm. sure. You know, if it was going to just be Taylor playing the song like a country music video... They could have done that. Or if it was going to tell a story, I think because this director also did You Belong With Me, he didn't want to tell, like, a linear, straightforward story Mm, again mm -hmm. because he thought it would be, like, repetitive or whatever. (laughs) But I don't love what they did. (laughs) No, it's a weird one. I I feel like it would have been cool to have it be sort of like the picture to burn music video where it's, like, her and her band, but then it's also moments of, like, dramatizations. Of story, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Because her band is so prominent on this number. And mm-hmm. especially, like, having the mandolin player, like, I feel like he should have just been, like, weaving in and out of shots. Mm. Just, like, you know, you know, going in and then coming back <laughs> in and going the other way. And then, you know. But you're right. She didn't have a backpack. Not even a rolly one. And... <laughs> Taylor would not have had a rolly backpack. I feel like Taylor absolutely had a rolly backpack <laughs> when she was in absolutely, high school. Absolutely, yeah. Like so she can keep her guitar on her back. Yes, That's exactly. <laughs> guitar on the back, rolly backpack that she brought along, for sure. You might know the answer to this, but is there any sort of theories that she might re-release new music videos? Because the old music videos are using the old music. So mm-hmm. is there a chance she could refilm the 15 music video, Taylor's version? So the the music videos, yeah, they do belong to Big Machine Records, unfortunately. I guess now they belong to, who is it, Shamrock Holdings, mm-hmm. I guess, is the third person it was sold to. So a lot of Swifties have been hoping she would do that. My thoughts are, because of COVID and because of what a big production it is to do one of these videos, I don't think she's going to go back and do old songs as videos but Mm -hmm. i think would be so cool if she did and i think the fans would like clamor for it like we would just be like all over it given also like the fact that you know even folklore had one video Mm -hmm. and like evermore as well i feel like she's feeling more creatively invested in the music than in like the videos the production of it yeah yeah which is a bummer though because like her most recent videos have been like really spot on you know and she directed both i'm still waiting for that exile uh music video that we're never gonna get never i know i mean still waiting for getaway car too but you know i feel like it probably will be like it too much work to do that to not promote a new song Mm -hmm. Mm. but i really wish she would what if she, like, created a new one where she's singing to her 15-year-old self and, like, interspersed it with the original music video of her backpack list as 15? I just think there's a lot of creative opportunity there. A lot. Yeah, that yeah, would be sure. awesome. And then, I mean, there was in the re-records when she did the lyric video for, when she did it for the best day, she put, like, cute photos, old photos with her mom and her family. Mm-hmm. And that was really cute. But, yeah, I would love that to, like, get this, like, full story, like, hey, I'm an adult now singing to my 15-year-old self. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Or a music video of a different song from the album. You know, of like one of the new Vault songs. Oh, yeah. Like something that never mm-hmm. got a music video. Or Cruel Summer. <laughs> we just want that Cruel Summer. That's all we want. It's all we yeah. want. And Getaway Car. And her videos are just so good. Oh, that like, so good. There's just so much more that could be done when, mm-hmm. now that she has all the like insight she does Mm -hmm. because clearly this video like she went along and she had a lot of ideas but clearly like this guy was like it's gonna look great it's like green screen technology (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of like that time and i'm trying to think of would that have been like really amazing 
like with that wow like wow it's green screen like it's so cool you know back, back it then. was nominated for a vma wow um it lost to bad romance because duh, duh. <laughs> bad romance was a great music video but it was nominated so that means other people liked it hmm. and i guess it did something new hmm. yeah well not a fan over here <laughs> Me either. Yeah, not, not a fan. No, no. not yeah, a fan. I'd say no. Not not one of the best music vids. No. no, we might have to do a ranking of music videos. That would be really cool on on the Insta. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we that's should. a good idea. That'd be fun to do this week. Mm. Well, now we get to the segment of gossip. As mentioned earlier, this song is about Taylor and her best friend from high school, Abigail Anderson, who she is still friends with today, and she was the maid of honor in her wedding, and she uh, starred in this video with her as well as the picture to burn and I'm only me when I'm with you music videos. All right. Yeah, so they've been friends since Hendersonville High, and all these years later, they're still friends, which is super cute. Taylor admitted on CMT Radio that she cried when she recorded this song. She explained, I'm not likely to cry over something I've gone through, even if it's the worst breakup ever. Maybe I haven't had that breakup yet. She hadn't. Maybe there will be a breakup (laughs) where I'll just cry every time I think of it. But the things that make me cry are when the people I love have gone through pain and I've seen it. Fifteen talks about how my best friend Abigail got her heart broken when we were in ninth grade, and singing about that absolutely gets me every time. Oh, wow. That's really sweet. Isn't that cute? I mean, Taylor cares about and loves her people Mm -hmm. so much. The hidden message for Fifteen in the lyric booklet of Fearless is, cried while recording this. (laughs) So just in case that quote didn't say it enough, that is the message in the song. Taylor told That's Country Radio that she started everything with the line, Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind. Mm. And she wrote everything else from that point, almost backwards. Oh, wow. It's really funny just remembering this song growing up, because it, it, that part about Abigail comes after Taylor realizes her bigger dreams, and we're all, like, cheering. And then she says this part about <laughs> Abigail, and we're all like, Abigail, come on! Why did that have to happen? <laughs> like, I just remembered us all being like, really, girl? Realize those bigger dreams. You don't need that boy. Yeah, you don't need him. <laughs> Obviously not Abigail's fault, but I just remembered being like, oh, man, what a bummer. Yeah. It's, like, such a positive, and then it's like, oh, Abigail. <laughs> Yeah. So after the completion of Composing 15, Taylor was really nervous to show it to Abigail because she didn't know how she would respond. Uh, She said, it was really personal song, especially from her angle of it. However, when she performed the song for Abigail and asked whether she was comfortable with the song, Taylor said, does it bother you that your name is in a song that's so personal? And it really doesn't just because of the way Taylor and I feel about it. If one girl can kind of learn from it or connect to a song like that, it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. And we can say, like, we both did, and I'm sure, like, thousands, millions of other girls Mm -hmm. as well, and probably people growing up who listen to it later and later also. And like you said, it's timeless. Yeah. And so anyone who is, like, 15 at any point in their life, like, can still still relate to it, you know? And all of the new fans coming along, you know, when they turn 15, it's like, oh my god, this is a song that I can completely relate to. Oh my god, wow. Yeah, and I think most relationships at 15, other than, like, 
a few notable people who like stay together and get married, most of them, there's someone in there who changes their mind, you Mm -hmm. know, and and hurts someone. Mm -hmm. I just think it's also really cool how Taylor always was able to write from both her and another person's perspective. Mm. You know, when she was young, there was so much talk about like diary entries. This is her diary. But so many of her songs, as we've been covering this, she's writing from other people's perspectives her whole career, Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. recently. I also just love how she always tried to include her friends wherever she could, like having Abigail in the music video that tells really her story, mm-hmm. even though, you know, no offense to Abigail, not the best actress. I heard the director <laughs> was very happy with her acting. There was some quote that talked about that. That moment where they were like, Taylor leans over to tell her a secret and they're both like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? The acting is just it's so really good. cheesy. It's really good. It's so cheesy. And that boy, I couldn't find his name. He's uncredited. Mm. Sorry, guy. Sorry, boy. But, you know, it, it's a, a very uh, Grease moment at the drive-in, mm, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. But I just also think it's really cool that Abigail and Taylor are still friends today. And that had to take a ton of work on both Mm -hmm. sides, given, you know, especially what went on with Taylor. I can't imagine that many people who are still in her life were from her life all the way back then. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll get to this as we get to H's, which isn't that far away, but there are some rumors that happiness is about Abigail and her husband and the ending Mm -hmm. of their marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, poor Abigail. Like, it's the lyric kind of still rings true. She gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind. But it's a man. Yeah. I'm sure she's okay, though. She's she seems stronger Ooh, and I even older. Think about I know. That. Sorry, that's dark, but oh, it's that's true. That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just thought about you what? know the lyric. All, all that I wanted was to be wanted. Mm-hmm. Isn't that from like Beautiful Ghosts as well? All that I yes, wanted it is. was to no, be wanted. Yeah. yeah. So she was already writing the cat's music uh, in this song. Yes, it was. Very similar to, you know, the cat, the Victoria, Mm -hmm. the white cat. Very similar. Very similar stories. Through line to Mm -hmm. the 15-year-old in high school. Anyway, Mariette, what is your favorite line from 15? My favorite line has come up uh, a few times already, and it's when all you wanted was to be wanted. And and Gab, Gab really reflected on exactly how I think about that line, that it's like when you're 15... You know, when someone has a crush on you, like, it just, like, it's, you know, for me, it was, like, the first time a boy really had a crush on me. And so, like, that felt just, like, so good and so new. And so, yes, that, that's my favorite line. Yeah, I love that line. So what, good. What about you? What's your favorite line? I didn't know who I was supposed to be at 15. Yeah. That line is just, it resonates with me so deeply. And, and the hindsight, you know, is twenty twenty, And it's so true. Like, I didn't, I felt like the most like hard hitting lyric was the one that I resonated with the most. Mm. So I have two, I've kind of already talked about one of them a bit, which is the back then I swore I was going to marry him someday, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine. Mm -hmm. Just like so triumphant. So like, yeah, go Taylor. Very reminiscent of Dear John, I'm Mm. shining like fireworks over your sad empty town. Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor taking, you know, a sad or a down moment and being like, but look at what I created. Mm. And then I love, and this is like a line that I think about all the time within the context or without the context of this song. And I found time can heal most anything. And Mm. I just love it, especially listening to the re-records and thinking about the time and just thinking about myself in high school and so many of the heightened emotions and the things I felt and everything and how much of that I can't really remember vividly anymore Mm. when I thought there would be so many feelings that like I'd never forget. And like time can really heal most anything. And even if it doesn't necessarily heal it, 
you can like move past it or grow from it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I really love that. That's probably in one of my like all time Taylor, favorite Taylor, like life lessons quotes. And I found that that helps, especially with heartbreak, for sure, for me, at least. Mariette, from one to ten, redheads named Abigail. <laughs> what do you rate? Fifteen. So for context for all the listeners out there, I'm a redhead. So that's... Yeah! <laughs> I give fifteen six redheads named Abigail. I... Love this song. I love the storytelling aspect of it that you've both done a great job analyzing. I love, as I already mentioned, the country vibes. I didn't mention this, but I love the last bit at the end where she's like, la da da. Like, I love that mm. part. Um, so good. But it's like not a song that I like go to that I want to like shout sing in the car to myself when I'm having mm-hmm. a bad day. Yeah. So definitely one that I seek out from time to time, but not in my top, my top Taylor songs. Okay. I feel that. I feel that. All right. Gab, okay. on a scale of one to 10. Redhead's named Abigail. <laughs> what would you give this, this song? This is one of my favorite readings. <laughs> I was so... going to change it to something better, and I was like, I have to leave it at that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And the doodle for this one is so great. It's it, really goofy. It's a redhead named Abigail. Yeah. How many, <laughs> how many would you give this song? I think that I'm going to give 15 nine redheads named Abigail. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Whoa, this, big you know, rating. I think this is one of... Taylor's best young songs hmm. as a lyrics girl even though like it's not like telling the lyrics in any kind of like hidden poetry way there's hmm. just something about it that I just really connect to I really feel like anytime there's a song that can really make me feel nostalgic every time I listen to it mm-hmm. I love that we listened to August earlier today because it's now August and I felt that way listening to that song all the time. Like, mm. And I mean, that song's a 10 for me, but oh yeah, to be able to evoke that teenage nostalgia, I think is just very special and not a lot of songs can do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, this song gets a really good rating from me. All right. Wow, yeah. I think nine. it's probably in my top 50. Ooh. I do. Yeah. Ooh-hoo. What about you? From 1 to 10, Redheads Named Abigail. So this is tough for me because... Musically, I would give it a 10. Okay. Because, like, I just love the groove. I love the music. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so catchy. Everything else about it brings the score down Mm -hmm. a bit. Mm -hmm. Also, like, I have zero, like, nostalgia factor with the actual song because I didn't have this song. Yeah. For me. So. Someone should have broken your heart at 15, Devin. I know. Seriously. I know. I know. Honestly. I know. I was too focused on so much other stuff. (laughs) Being a child prodigy. Being a child (laughs) prodigy was just like, it was too much. You know, being in all the shows, (laughs) going to dance class all the time. Like, I had no time for anything. I feel like you were, like, overly serious at 15. I was way too serious. And that then bit me in the butt moving forward socially. (laughs) So I think I will give this song eight. Wow! Eight redheads named Abigail. I totally influenced your rating. A little bit. And that is solely for the Taylor's version. Mm, okay. The original version, I'm, I don't even like, that isn't part of my canon. That's not part of my history. Mm. It's all about the Taylor's version for me. And I totally give that an eight. Yeah. Awesome. So, Mariette, thank you so much for joining us on Tay2Z. Thank you so much for having me.
Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to plug or your uh, Instagram or where people can find you or anything we missed on the song that you wanted to talk about? No, I think my my closing statement would be just about now I I knew I'm going to have a new association with this song as, as I heard about your reflection, thinking about how Taylor and Abigail are still friends. And it's this awesome thing that Devin and I are still friends, you know since you know for the past like 13 years and so that's gonna be my new association with that song how cool that is so thanks so much for having me on the podcast and i'm gonna continue to be a big fan yay, awesome. yay. thank you for joining awesome. us thank you yay. listen along with us you can check us out on instagram at tay to z podcast and give us all your thoughts mm-hmm. what were you like at 15 hmm. Did you know anything at 15? Mm. Have you changed a lot? Are you 15 now? Mm. Do you relate to this song? Do you not? Mm. We want to hear it all. We do. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. And if you get a moment, please give us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Next week, we're going to be continuing with Fearless, the Taylor's version, Mm -hmm. with Forever and Always, both the regular version and the piano version. Yes, we're going to be tackling both of them. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been KZ. Thanks for listening. See you next time.